Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. What's driving the environmental movement in China, and how exactly does one report on it? Today on Parts Per Billion, we get our correspondent in China on the phone. Hello and welcome to Parts Per Billion, a new environmental policy podcast from Bloomberg BNA. I'm your host, David Schultz. On each episode of Parts Per Billion, we'll feature interesting discussions about what's happening in Congress, in the courts, and in federal agencies. We'll cover everything from air pollution to toxic chemicals to corporate sustainability and, of course, climate change. For this episode, we wanted to hear about what's happening on environmental issues in China. So we called up special correspondent Michael Standard. He's been reporting from Shenzhen in South China for Bloomberg BNA since 2009. Hello, this is Michael. Ni hao, Michael. This is uh, David Schultz. Hey, David. How are you? Good, good. After decades of rapid industrialization, China is facing some pretty serious pollution problems, air quality being perhaps the most acute. Reporting on these issues can be tricky, especially when it's hard to find reliable data on just how bad the problem really is. In fact, this past week, a Chinese anti-corruption campaign released a report that found widespread problems in the country's National Bureau of Statistics, according to the Wall Street Journal. Despite this, Michael says the central government is actually making some real progress, especially on air pollution. But, he says, those efforts have been focused mainly on the big urban areas that are home to the country's more affluent citizens. Yeah, the real crackdowns on companies that emit over their quotas are, are mainly around the, the major urban areas, so Beijing, Shanghai, and then South China, where I am. Where, where is the uh, the pollution coming from? Like, what which companies or which industries? Well, it's different depending where you're at. So in the northeast, on, on Beijing and Tianjin, it's, you know, primarily heavy industry, and then, you know, your local uh, pollution in, in Beijing from just the massive amount of automobiles they've, they've added to the roads. Uh, Shanghai is a bit similar. <clears throat> Down here, uh, the, the air is actually pretty good compared to Beijing and Shanghai, but ozone levels have gone up quite a bit in this area. What, what kind of effect does that have on sort of the daily life in, in a place like Shenzhen? In Shenzhen, I mean, the, the air is it, it's, it's one of the better cities. So we often rank in the top 10 of, of cities with the, the least bad air days. So it's not a big issue down here. I mean, I lived in Beijing for three and a half years, and you would get days where you just don't want to go outside. It just it smells like uh, an ashtray or <laughs> exhaust, and it just uh, it, it can be really nasty. Down here, it's, it's, quite, it's, it's quite a lot better. I have two little kids, so it's, you know, it's, it's uh, not as big of a concern uh, here as, as it would be in Beijing. Uh, I wouldn't really want to have them in Beijing. 
do you think it's it's staying the same or getting better in in Shenzhen or getting worse? Is it is I guess is Shenzhen becoming more like Beijing or or is Beijing becoming more like Shenzhen? Uh, I think it's gotten a little better here um, the last couple of years. I, I moved here in, in mid two thousand ten, and Beijing will still have its like really really high air pollution index days, but supposedly the, the overall number of of bad days has uh, dropped. There is some sense that it is getting better in in Beijing and Shanghai. Well, I wanted to ask you about that actually because I've heard that from a reporter standpoint, it can be hard to find really reliable data on stuff like this, on, on air pollution and other environmental problems in China. What's your experience in that? Have you struggled to find really good numbers on just that quantify the, the problem? Well, I mean, the, the government releases data, and they, they're releasing more than they did when when I was first here. But there's not a lot of other independent sources you can go to uh, with data or you know to compare anything. So you have to kind of go with what they have. Uh, I mean, even academic institutions are all tied to the government, and they don't necessarily like to release the data unless it's kind of, you know, with a government announcement. I think it's also hard for the central government, too, because they might not be getting the most reliable data from companies or local governments or, or even provinces because it's been in those areas of interest to, to, to kind of fudge the data in their favor over time. I know the, the Ministry of Environmental Protection in Beijing is not very big. It's not all that powerful because it only became ministry, uh, I think it was, what, 2007. So it's not, it's, not a matter, it's not a matter of the central government kind of suppressing data or kind of covering up the information. It's more just that they don't have reliable information that they're using. Yeah, I think that's more part of it, just the, the data sources coming up from the bottom. It's just, you know, such a huge country. But it's probably very, very difficult for them to, to monitor and make sure that the data is, is accurate. You know, at the top, I think they, they know that these problems are really serious and they're leading to major health issues and, and sporadic protests. And those, that's one thing they don't want to happen. Just a week ago in Zhejiang province near, near Shanghai, there were about uh, 10,000 people protesting against a new uh, incinerator that was going to be built there. So the central government wants to try to stop these kind of things from happening, but it's, it's a very difficult to do. What were some of the things that uh, really surprised you when you first started reporting on this in China, you know, the things that, that you kind of weren't prepared to deal with? Mm. Yeah, I don't know if anything really surprised me, but it's more frustrated. I mean, it can be difficult to get anything beyond what official statements are, and you know, government officials will hardly ever respond to requests for, for more information, even if it's about something simple. And if they do, it might be a month after you, you need the information, um, and they hardly ever do any uh, interviews. So this is a very you know, uh, challenging part of the work and frustrating. I mean, this, this also kind of trickles down to other sources. So, you know, even in you know, Chinese sources or foreign sources in the country um, don't really see that much sense in talking to journalists because if they say the wrong thing, it could get them in trouble. What do you think is the, the biggest misconception that people have, or people in the West have about China? Well, I think one thing is uh, the government is not is not monolithic. Even though there's a lot of control and a lot of attempts at control, in a lot of areas where there's not that much control from the top down. So, you know, people think that, you know, Beijing snaps its fingers and things happen, but it sounds like that's not the case at all. 
No, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll, you might get a lot of talk that people are following what Beijing is saying, uh, but then they end up uh, finding out after a while that people aren't following you know, what they've said. I mean, you'll see some enforcement actions now and then, but a lot of times it appears to be a case of, well, they'll pick a few companies to target in a certain industry or, or area, and it's like, it's like uh, there's an old Chinese saying, killing the chicken to scare the monkeys. This is, uh, this is kind of a, something you, you, you see a lot. Killing the chickens to scare the monkeys, that's interesting. Do you see things being radically different in terms of uh, you know, China's progress on environmental issues? You know, not, not just uh, pollution, but also climate change, you know, in five years or 10 years? Or do you think that there won't be that much change or will there be you know, potentially backsliding? We've kind of seen how some of these changes have been driven uh, in the last year. They've been primarily driven from major urban centers where people have become uh, more wealthy and their properties have grown in value and their kids are at school there in, in but they're, you know, sucking in dirty air in, in Beijing, and they have to put these big bubbles up in certain areas so kids can play outside during these heavy pollution days. There's concern by that segment of the society has, has driven a lot of this. I think there's two main things that the government really wants to aim for is, you know, stability uh, and jobs. So there's, there's kind of this wavering back and forth between, okay, we need to really crack down on, on some of these polluters, but then there's like, well, if we crack down too hard, we'll have to close these companies down, and then you know, people will be out of, out of work. I think um, maybe in five or ten years, the water and soil and, and air should probably be a lot better in uh, you know, areas like Shenzhen and, and Beijing and Shanghai, but other parts of the country may possibly get worse, parts that hadn't really been touched by the last uh, you know, three decades of rapid economic growth. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It sounds like based on what you're saying that, that the, um, a lot of the change is being driven by the wealthy people in urban areas, but the people who are in rural areas sounds like they don't have much of a voice on these issues. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, I mean, there are thousands of protests every year in China over pollution problems, and a lot of these occur at the local level, but you don't really hear about them. There's more of a concern um, in, the, in the major urban areas about, you know, big protests getting out of hand. So, yeah, the, the voice of, of people in the rural areas has not really been heard. Bloomberg BNA special correspondent Michael Standard. For more of his reporting from China, visit our website at BloombergBNA.com. You can read Michael's reporting in Bloomberg BNA's Daily Environment Report, a source for comprehensive coverage of the day's top environmental news. Start a free trial of Daily Environment Report by visiting BNA.com slash daily podcast. That's BNA.com slash daily hyphen podcast. This episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself with help from Jessica Coombs, Rachel Daigle, and Greg Henderson. The theme music for Parts Per Billion is A Message by Jazar. It was used under a Creative Commons attribution share like license. More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.